Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Our theme this year is follow me. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And I told you where that theme came from. I mean, I heard a man say, a preacher say, I've been following Jesus for 50 years. And I, come, I thought to myself, you don't, ever, you don't ever hear anybody say it that way. I've been following Jesus for 50 I don't, I don't ever say that. And I heard him say that, and I thought, you know, that's significant. I mean, it's one thing to say you're saved, and that's a good thing to say. It's one thing to say you're born again. That's a good thing to say. But when somebody says, I've been following Jesus (coughs) for, in his case, (coughs) 50 years. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) A tickle. That kind of says something. To me, that has a sense of of a deeper commitment to Christ than just saying, you know, I'm saved or I'm I'm born again. And I thought about that, and I wanted to challenge us this year to fully understand what it means to follow him. And this morning, I want to preach a message entitled, What to Expect When You Follow Jesus. Or how Jesus changes our lives. What to expect when you follow Jesus. Because some people don't follow Jesus because they're expecting the wrong things. They're thinking things that are not true. And then some people who are saved have trouble following Jesus nonetheless because they too are thinking things that are not correct. Can we know what to expect when we choose to be born again, to get saved and to follow Jesus? Well, I think very much we can understand what it means and to have an accurate understanding of what you can expect when you follow Jesus. It's based on Matthew chapter 4, verse number 18. In Matthew chapter 4, verse number 18, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me. There's our theme again. And he says that to all of us. Follow me. And he says, and I will make you fishers of men. And to their credit, they straightway left their nets and followed him. Let's pray one more time. Dear Lord, so many non-Christians, and I'm afraid even Christians, have false ideas of what they can expect when they follow Jesus. But Lord, I believe this morning, looking at Peter and the vast information that's contained about him, both this morning and this afternoon, we can come away with a proper expectation about what it means to follow Jesus. And that's critical, Lord, because if we're thinking wrong, we're probably going to do wrong. 
So it's important that we get this right and that we think right. So, Lord, touch our hearts through your word this morning. Lord, if there are folks with burdens here this morning, I pray you'd lift them. If there are folks that need to be saved, Lord, I pray that you'd save them. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. I'm one that really, I don't like surprises. As best I can know it, I like to know what is coming. Especially when I'm going somewhere, I like to plan ahead. I like to know what I can expect. And such was the case on this recent trip. We went to Dalhart to see my uh, son and his family. And then from there, we thought we'd take a, a few days just for ourselves to get away. So we went up to Estes Park, where we had gone 41 years ago. Newlywed couple, didn't have a penny to our name, but my mom and dad were gracious enough to take us with them before any of our children were born up to Estes Park. And we have old black and white and, and, and grainy pictures of, of when we were there, my mom and dad. And we had a, a, a great time there. So it was kind of a, a sentimental and nostalgic to go back there. Stayed in the exact same, well, not in the exact same cabin, but in, in the same group of cabins that were there. And again, maybe I can show you some pictures this Wednesday night. But it had been over 41 years, and of course, your memories fade over time. So I didn't want to get there and find out, well, this isn't what I expected. So the neat thing is you can go online today and you can see pictures. You can go to Google Earth and the main drag through Estes Park, you can literally walk down the street with a street view. You know what I'm talking about? And you can see the shops. You can see, you can see what's there. And I did all that because I, like, I don't like, you know, surprises. So I, not, I wanted to know what I, was gonna, what I could expect when I, when I got there. Now, our theme this year again, is follow me. Can you know what to expect when you follow him? Now, this is important. You say, why does this matter to me? Well, it's important. If you think following Jesus will make you healthy, well, you could be expecting wrong. You got the wrong expectation. You could be in for a terrible shock. If you think following Jesus will make you wealthy, you could be in for a real disappointment and a real shock. If you think that following Jesus means you can never have any fun again for the rest of your life, guess what? You're going to be in for a shock. If you think following Jesus means you're going to have, a, have to be a missionary in a jungle somewhere and eat bugs for the rest of your life, if that's what you think it means to become a Christian, to follow Jesus, then you could be in for a shock. Having a realistic understanding of what you can expect when you follow Jesus can be of great benefit to you in several ways. This is an important message. This can benefit you. you, If you'll listen, and you'll listen with an open mind and an open heart, you'll go home today better than you came. The most valuable part of your week is the time spent in God's Word personally and in God's house today. Having a realistic understanding of what you can expect when you follow Jesus can be of benefit to you in several ways. First of all, if you know what you're expecting, if you have an accurate expectation of what's going to happen then your lows are not going to seem so low. You're not going to be shocked. You're not going to be surprised. I I anticipated that there would be some tough times when I followed the Lord. And so it's not going to throw you for a loop. 
Or if you go through some good times, your highs are not going to be so high that you become euphoric and, you know, just kind of crazy, weird, and what have you. You know, this is a blessing. It's a temporary blessing. It's a good blessing. The real blessings are coming ahead when I get to heaven. And as a result of having accurate expectations of what it means to follow Christ, you'll be able to keep a more steady course where you are more blessed and you're in a position to be more blessed to others. So what, what can you expect when you follow Jesus? And by follow, we mean to enthusiastically seek and follow his will and his word in every area of your life. You give up your personal goals and ambitions, and you allow his goals and his ambitions for you to dominate your life. And that doesn't mean he's going to be at crossways with, you know, what, what, what is best for you. No, that's going to be what is best for you. And I think the best way we can know from God's word what to expect when we follow Jesus is to look at the apostle Peter. There is so much information about Peter. And if we study Peter this morning and this afternoon and what happened to him and what he experienced, that's a pretty good indication of how God works with people in general. I like what John MacArthur says about the importance of Peter. And I quote, John MacArthur says, the four Gospels are literally filled with Peter. I mean, he's every place. After the name of Jesus, no other name is used as much in the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as the name of Peter. Nobody speaks as often as Peter, and nobody is spoken to as often as Peter by the Lord. No disciple is so reproved by the Lord as Peter. And no disciple reproves the Lord but Peter. And then he goes on to say this. No disciple ever so boldly confesses and so outspoken acknowledges the lordship of Christ. And no one denies it so boldly as Peter. He is a constant conundrum. No one is so praised and blessed as Peter. And no one else is called Satan but Peter. He had harder things to say to Peter than he ever said to anybody else, but that was part of making him the man he wanted him to be. From Peter and examining his life in God's word, we're going to see seven things that you and I also can rightly expect for God to do in our lives. We're going to look at four of them this morning, three of them this afternoon. All seven of them are equally important. This will help you. Because if you don't have a right understanding, because there's so much stuff floating around out there. I mean, when I was growing up, there was no Christian TV. There was no Christian radio stations. And now there are multiple radio stations, multiple TV channels, and you can get fed all sorts of stuff. By by people that are saying things contrary to one another, which proves somebody's wrong. And somebody's right. And if you feed yourself with the wrong stuff, chances are your expectations about what it means to follow Christ could be entirely wrong, and that's going to frustrate you. And that's going to turn you off. And you're going to throw in the towel at some point. So how do we know what to expect? Well, let's look at Peter. I mean, there's so much said about him. 
And knowing that God is no respecter of persons, knowing that he's, he's, he wants the same for all of us and trying to achieve the same for all of us, uh, this is very profitable and valuable time. And this may explain some of the things that's going on in your life right now that you never thought of before, that God is doing a work in you. Here's what you can expect when you follow Jesus. Seven things. Number one, when you follow Jesus, expect him to see you as he wants you to be. Not as you are. He sees you as you are. But how, when Jesus looks at you, when you follow Jesus, expect him to see you as he wants you to be. Matthew four nineteen, And he saith unto them, that he's talking to Peter and his brother, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Peter wasn't where God wanted him to be yet. God saw in him some great potential. Jesus did. He said, you follow me, and I will make you be who I want you to be. Jesus saw the potential in Peter to be a fisher of men. He was already a fisherman of fish. And that's all that Peter ever thought he would ever be. But Jesus saw something in him further beyond that, that before that time he had never seen himself. He said, I am going to make you a fisher of men. A fisher of men is simply someone who proclaims the gospel and leads people uh, to faith in Jesus Christ. And indeed, that happened. He went from being a fisher of, uh, of fish to being a fisher of men and After the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, when it came to Pentecost, it was Peter who was preaching, and it was over 3,000 people who got saved. Peter saw himself as a fisher man. Jesus saw him as something he could be, a fisher of men. And Jesus looks at you and I the exact same way. Jesus sees you and I as he wants us to be. You've heard people say before, well, Jesus loves us just the way we are. That's absolutely true. But finish that statement. Jesus loves you just the way you are, only he doesn't want you to stay that way. He didn't want Peter to stay that way. He doesn't want you to stay that way. Jesus sees you and me as he wants you to be. And that's in your best interest. That, that's experiencing life at its fullest. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 20, talks about us. For ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. Okay? Jesus sees us as he wants us to be. He sees us in our flesh. He sees the old man. He sees the the sinful man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Verse number 23, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Jesus saw in these Ephesians as transformed from unrighteous Uh, unholy sinners to new men, new women that are holy and righteous. And Jesus 
desires that for you and I as well. When you choose to follow Jesus, you can expect him to look at you, not as you are, but as he wants you to be. And he has the ability as none other to do just that. One of the popular shows on TV many of you have watched is American Pickers. And I am amazed. I've watched that show on numerous occasions. I'm amazed they can go where these, I guess, hoarders and collectors, you know, will have stuff out in the yard. And they'll go digging around in the overgrowth, you know, in the bushes and what have you. And they'll, they'll, they'll pull out, you know, some, some metal. And I think, well, that's a piece of junk. I brought it down in the scrapyard and got 50 cents for it. And they know the value of it is $20,000. Some old Indian motorcycle, whatever and whatever. And, and, and they take it back and they clean it up and, and they, know the, they know the value of it. They, they see what it can be. And we're glad that they have the ability to do that. And they take something that is rusty and falling to pieces and make something out of it that is of great value and something that people will appreciate. And that's how the Lord sees you and me. Great potential. What can you expect when you follow the Lord? You can expect him, like with Peter, to see you, yes, as you are, but as he wants you to be. And aren't you glad that he sees you that way? Aren't you glad that he said, well, there's nothing much there. Nothing much in old Peter. He's just a fisherman. That's just a laborer, you know, a little experience. Anybody can fish. No, he saw him as being used in a great and a wonderful and an exciting way. And it came to pass. And the Lord does that with you and I as well. Number two, what can you expect when you follow Jesus? When you follow Jesus, expect him... To get personally involved in your life. Deists are people that believe in God, but they believe God is very impersonal. He created the world, got it spinning on its axis, created people, and then kind of walked away from it, and we're on our own. No, when you follow Jesus, a proper understanding is not that of the deist. The proper understanding is that of Scripture. You can expect him to get personally involved in your life. Let's look at Peter again. This time, let's look in Matthew chapter 8, verse number 14. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, getting personal now, he saw his wife's mother laid sick and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto them. Jesus met him, says, come with me. And Peter followed him. And now Jesus is a personal part of Peter's life. They travel together. They eat together. They sit around the campfire at night together. And Peter sees him reach out and touch his mother-in-law and heal her. The good news about that and what that is an example for is what God does with all of us. When you follow Jesus, he becomes a part of your everyday life. You can expect that. The deists who believe in God but not a personal God, they got it wrong. Don't listen to them. Look at the example of Peter when Jesus went with him to his house. In Psalm 139, it says about us. 
Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up in the heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uppermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. There isn't a day goes by in the believer's life where Jesus isn't personally involved in your life, guiding you with his word, answering your prayers, encouraging you with his spirit. You know, one of the things I enjoyed about our our trip these last two weeks was, you know, spending time with Sharon. I think for her it was probably the best two weeks of her life because she had me all to herself. Now, she never said that, but I could sense it. I just knew that's what she was thinking. She never, she never said it. But, you know, when you get married, then we moved in together, took up house together. Sharon became a part of my everyday life. When your spouse is there with you every day, they're with you through the good times, through the bad. Your spouse is there to encourage you. Your spouse is there sometimes to warn you about some things. Your spouse meets your needs as only a spouse can. It's a wonderful thing to have a wife, to be personally involved. In you, know, you don't get married and then you live separately. That's not the way it's supposed to be done. It's a wonderful thing. And when, when you come to know Christ as your Savior, he gets personally involved in your life. And don't we need that? These troubled times and so much stuff going on in in the world today, it could be overwhelming. And it's good to know that we have a personal walk with Christ and that he is involved in our lives. So when you follow Jesus, you can expect his daily involvement in your life through the good times and through the bad. You can expect that. And that's a wonderful bit of news to to understand, comprehend, and apply to your life this morning. Number three, when you follow Jesus, expect him to show you a better way. When you follow Jesus, one of the things you can expect, if you will listen, is to expect him to show you a better way. Look at what he does with Peter. Peter's our example. Matthew 18, 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? So apparently Peter is referring to a situation that he must have had with somebody. And he, he had forgiven this person and this person keeps offending him. And he said, Lord, how, how long am I supposed to forgive them? Seven times? And Peter thought, well, that was his opinion. And probably thinking, that's pretty good. More than once. Not even twice, three, four, but Lord, seven times? And Peter's thinking, That's, that'll work. But Jesus shows him a better way. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Jesus was called a rabbi. Jesus was called a teacher. And Jesus is beginning to teach Peter, old Peter, some, some new tricks. Peter was temperamental, he was impetuous, he could be obviously unforgiving. But Jesus taught him a better way, teaching him forgiveness, 70 times 7. And he's teaching Peter, he says, Peter, you're on the right track, but let me teach you a better way, unlimited forgiveness. Now, again, that goes against our human nature. We tend to want to be 
not only unforgiving, but sometimes vindictive, and we want to get people back. And that only creates more trouble. That only creates more heartache. That only creates more drama. There is a better way. Well, how do you learn this better way? Jesus Christ. When you follow him, you can expect him to show you a better way. Psalm 18.30. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. So often we get in trouble because we think our plans, our our ideas are the best way when we learn that his way is the better way. And you always want to go with the better way, the best way. When, when people come out to my house, sometimes we'll have repair guys come out there, somebody delivering something, or, or sometimes some, some of you, and they'll say, oh, I, I got it, GPS will get me there. And I tell them, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. And because on my GPS, it'll get you near my house, but it won't get you to my house. And I have to explain to them a better way. And if they don't listen to my better, I have told, I I had this one delivery guy, and he says, I got it on GPS. I said, well, let me explain. He said, no, 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 I got this. I got it on GPS. He said, I'll be there tomorrow morning between, you know how they do you, between 9 and 12. And I hung up, and Sharon said, he's going to be here between 9 and 12. I said, no. (laughs) I said, he'll call me. Guess what? He called me. He says, I can't find you. I'm on Lake Hill Drive. I said, I tried to tell you. Lake Hill Drive, where it shows you to go, you can turn there. That is Lake Hill Drive, but that's not going to get you to my house because they have it blocked off. Now, who blocks it off and why and how they can do that? I don't know. It's a private road. I guess they can do that. I said, you've got to come back out to McCullum Lake Road and go around and come back in behind where they have it blocked. You're still on. It's one Lake Hill Drive, but you can't get there from 33. You've got to come down McCullum Lake. You know, and I try to explain to him a better way. And when people listen... And I tell them, most people, when I tell them, no, don't go by your GPS. I said, unless your GPS has you coming down McCollum Lake Road and it has you turning directly off of 72 onto uh, Lake Hill Drive, I said, if that shows, I said, you're, you're, you're going to, it's not going to work. You're going to be close, but you cannot get to my house. And people that will listen say, oh, well, explain it to me. That's what smart people do. I said, there, there, there's, here's the best way to do it. You know, you got to turn left Lake Hill Drive, right on Sunset, then left, I mean, left on McCollum Lake and you, you get to our house. There's, there's a better way. And the people that listen, the people that listen end up, their, their experience is so much better. And for people that listen to the Lord, the Lord will show you a better way. It might not be what you feel like doing. It may not be what you want to do. But in Peter's case, the Lord was constantly showing him a better way. The Lord can show us a better way to be a spouse. The Lord can show us a better way to raise our kids, a better way to handle our finances, a better way to handle problems, a better way to live. You can expect that if you will embrace the Lord wholeheartedly and will listen to him. And then lastly, number four. Lastly, this morning, three more this afternoon. When you follow Jesus, expect him to expose who you really are. This may be one of the most important of the seven. 
expect him to expose who you really are. In Matthew chapter 26, verse number 33, let's look at Peter again. A lot of stuff about Peter, including this. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. He said, others may forsake you, Lord. They're going to be offended. You know, they're going to give up. Not me, Lord. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. You can expect Jesus to expose who you really are. Jesus here exposed Peter as having a very inflated view of himself. Jesus said, tonight, before the cock crows, it's going to be revealed who you really are. You have this inflated opinion of yourself. It's not real. You're living in a fantasy world, as so do many of us, which is to our detriment. The self-confidence of Peter was actually a prideful (coughs) spirit that would doom him. And Jesus, because he loved him, and could see into his heart, had to expose Peter's prideful heart. When you follow Jesus, expect him to expose who you really are. Not who you think you are or who maybe even you might want to be, but one of the best things Jesus does for us when we follow him is to expose to us who we really are. Psalm 139.1, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Verse number three, thou compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Truth of the matter is, God knows us better than oftentimes we know ourselves. And what he knows about us is not in our best interest. And it's necessary for him to expose the shortcomings, the sins that we have. God will expose our egos. God will expose our lies. God will expose our weaknesses and our shortcomings in order to help us to become a better person. Look, when we did our remodeling project just a little while ago, any remodeling project, especially if it's remodeling, first requires some demolition. You, you, you can't add over that which you have which isn't right. You can't put in the new until you get rid of the old. And when you demolish something, it can expose some things you didn't even know were there. And, you know, Sharon and I, we watch the remodeling Home and Garden Channel and how they start taking down the drywall and they find stuff that they didn't know was there, water damage, water leak, or mold. Guess what? Those shows, that's true. (laughs) And we found it to be true. Take down drywall, take off this, this is rotted, this is whatever. But, But that's something you need to do. I I told Sharon on a couple of occasions, I said, I hate that we found this, but we needed to find it. And it may be in your life that you hate 
for God to expose the mold and the mildew. But folks, left unattended, it can be very destructive, if not deadly. You need for him to find that. And that's what he will do for you. When you follow Jesus, as with Peter, as he did some demolition with Peter in order to get him back to where God wanted him to be, he had to expose some things to Peter that were very disheartening to Peter. And for us, he'll expose our pride. He'll expose our anger. He'll expose our bitterness. He'll expose our hypocrisy. And all of that is essential if you were to become a better person. Our house is now a much better house than what it was because everything that we knew, found out to be hidden behind the walls that were detrimental. I mean, there were a couple places where there was a hole in the wall and there was no insulation. Well, that would explain the heating bill of the last few winters. And we didn't want to find those things, but we needed to find those things. And in your life, you, there may be some things, there's some attitudes, some, some thoughts and whatever that you um, harbor that you don't want it exposed, but it needs to be exposed. When you follow Jesus, expect him to see you, number one, as he wants you to be. That is so good. That is so in your best interest. So in your best interest. Be thankful for that. Number two, when you follow Jesus, you expect him to get personally involved in your life. How awesome is that? That the creator God of the universe who spoke the worlds into being personally cares about you and wants to be personally involved in your life. Number three, when you follow Jesus, expect him to show you a better way. Expect him to show you a better way. And then number four, when you follow Jesus, expect him to expose who you really are. Folks, some of these things may be a little painful, may be a little uncomfortable. But without it, you're not going to make it. My sister-in-law down in Louisiana, they had to take out a foot of her intestines, colon, is colon and intestines the same thing? Yes? No? All right. Don't everybody Google right now. Don't, do, don't Google right now. Just whatever. They took something out of her. <laughs> they took something out of her. And I was talking, and this was a few weeks ago, and I was talking to my brother yesterday. I said, oh, how's Susan doing? He said, well, she's, she's coming back. It wasn't a pleasant experience, but it was a necessary experience. And she is very thankful for the surgeons and the nurses and the hospital that she had. Because that has given her a new lease on life. That is going to make life in the future so much better for her. So some of these things with the Lord, as it was with Peter. it 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 was painful at times, what Peter went through. But look how it ended. Peter at Pentecost, preaching boldly, boldly proclaiming the Gospels. And people getting saved. And Peter being used in that magnificent way. I don't like surprises. I like to know as best I can what's coming down the road. And such is the case with us and the Lord. By studying Peter and seeing how the Lord handled him, I would say that's just how he's going to handle you. That's just how he's going to handle me. And I find that encouraging. 
And you need to embrace that idea. If you don't know Christ as your Savior because you've had wrong expectations, well, if I get saved, I'm going to have to be a missionary and eat bugs the rest of my life. That's not a right expectation. Or, or if, I, if I get saved, I'll never have any fun the rest of my life. That's, that's not a right expectation. Uh, oh, then it means I'm going to be on easy street the rest of my life. No, that's not a right expectation either. I want you to have a mature accurate understanding and expectation what Jesus is, and then your best life is ahead of you. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, this is something that you want to embrace immediately. Run to him. He will receive you just the way you are. And if you're a Christian and you've been living in, a, in an ignorant world, you've never really thought about it, or in denial, embrace the truths that we learn from God's Word today and be thankful that God is doing a work in your heart and in your life. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.